Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, <laughs> that's oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it no, doesn't. It makes less <laughs> sense. I have more questions. Well, some, some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> some people being. <laughs> and it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. Man, it is so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, like... You're going to make a lot of enemies on the internet. Like that. <laughs> Wait, okay, let's start and we're back and i'd like to start this episode with a short excerpt uh gee golly gosh glorioski thought mary sue as she stepped onto the bridge of the enterprise here i am the youngest lieutenant in the fleet only 15 and a half years old captain kirk came up to her oh lieutenant i love you madly will you come to bed with me (laughs) captain i'm not that kind of girl You're right, and I respect you for it. Here, take over the ship for a minute while I go get us some coffee. So that's Mary Sue, originally a character from 1973 Star Trek parody by Paula Smith, making fun of lots of the common tropes of Star Trek fanfic at the time, where the main characters were often idealized, self-inserted versions of the authors. But somehow, that term has outgrown its fun, whimsical origin and is often heard in critical analysis and reviews for books, movies, television, and all the rest. It's used to describe a character that's a little too good at everything, a little too beautiful, too beloved, and often deeply underdeveloped. It's always a well-debated topic, but whether it's a Sue or a Stew, a Skywalker, Carol Danvers, Triss, Katniss, or Ender, something's not working. So, Melissa, what's your first thought when you hear Gary Stu or Mary Sue? <laughs> uh, so, I think the thing most people think of with Mary Sue, because actually, before we started, I did go and look up a proper definition, because it's one of those mm. phrases I've used and I've heard used, but have I ever actually sat down and looked up what the proper definition is? And I found that um, piece, uh, the Star Trek piece, and I was like, <laughs> yes, right, okay. It's actually much longer than that. That was just the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think the major thing that came back when I read a cup just around a couple of different definitions was uh, Mary Sue's are so that the reader can have proper escapism and step into the role of that main character. So obviously, I've got, got to start with Bella Swan, who everyone <laughs> considers like the ultimate Mary Sue. And I thought, yeah, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed reading Twilight. Do I think it's um, a piece of um, greatest literature of all time? Like, no, obviously, I do not think that. But I still enjoyed it. And yeah, a lot of it is that you can step in. I think I once read that um, Edward's described in loads and loads of detail. Bella's barely described. Like, it's just like her hair, her eyes, like a little yeah. bit about she's fairly fair-skinned. And that's pretty much it. And I think it's so that you can step into that character. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking a little bit about like characters that I liked, especially from my childhood books that maybe are Mary Sue's. So then I also thought of, um, if anyone's read or seen the film, actually, um, The Little Princess, um, 
and mm-hmm. it's about a girl called Sarah whose dad goes off to war and then he uh, goes missing presumed dead and so she gets removed from this lovely like house for girls and she has the richest room because her dad's so wealthy and then she gets put into the attic and made to clean up after all the other girls with the other horrible actually (laughs) and and when I was younger like it was one of the first things that really made me cry and stuff when I was a kid but I did love it and again I think Sarah is a bit of a Mary Sue so what I mean by that is I loved her and I wanted to think I was like her because she's all the things she's Tris, you know, she's divergent, she's kind and she's generous and she's thoughtful and she's smart and she's funny and she's truthful and she's brave. And so she's all of the things. Really, what is her flaw? I'm still not sure to this day. She was quite kind to everyone, <laughs> even when she was rich. Um, it wasn't like, yeah. oh, she's a spoiled brat, so let's make her poor and make her learn her lesson. That doesn't happen, really. She is not the spoiled she's brat the same. in that. Yeah. Exactly. What's Bella's flaw? She's clumsy, but everyone loves that she's clumsy. Oh, she's so cute and clumsy <laughs> that does not really seem to be oh she's so brooding well yeah that's why everyone loves her again like, it's not just it's not just edward mike loves her eric loves her everyone loves her jacob obviously loves her so anyone that does not love her apart from maybe rosalie absolute mvp of the series <laughs> and should have been the main character no everyone loves bella so yeah i think i think a little bit maybe i'm trying to cut it some slack because when especially when i was a child reading those books I did enjoy that element of slotting myself in to somebody that seemed so great and maybe thinking, oh, maybe I could be this great. However, obviously it does not make for the, those are not my favorite stories. They're not the ones that stick with me. Yeah. They're not the, they're not the characters I remember them. Even from the individual franchises, they're not the characters I remember the most. No. So I don't think a Mary Sue is a great way to depict a main female character and it can be very lazy. That's mm-hmm. that's her because uh, like the other thing about Mary Sue or Gary Stew is that yeah. it's that people then this is the one that people always jump on is that it's like they're way too powerful everything's too easy for them they're yes. like too beautiful and even though uh, mm-hmm. Bella is constantly described as plain plain, plain featured <laughs> everyone yeah. seems to be in love with her and yeah. then her superpower <laughs> is that like she can literally do anything act any way she wants and everyone mm-hmm. still loves her. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But she, she's so harsh to her dad and like oh, there's no real consequences Charlie. for that. Oh my god. Charlie is love. the hero. Charlie Charlie is like he he's a homeowner, he has his own car, he works in a uniform. Got a like steady there's job, a heartthrob you know? of the series right there, <laughs> he's people. He's got a mustache. I know. A really good mustache. Sorry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> went, went off my Slight tangent. Who, so who, who's your go to Mary Sue Gary Stu? Um Naomi? Um, so I was actually thinking similarly about Bella in Twilight from Mary Sue. I had an interesting discussion with Ollie, my husband, uh, for all you listeners out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little insight um, but, into Naomi's world. <laughs> yeah, before we started. And Ollie actually disagreed that Bella was, wasn't a Mary Sue because she wow. wasn't pretty. He said, no, she's not pretty enough. He said, she's plain. Oh, she's, she's, yeah. And also she's, she's clumsy. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that really counts as a flaw. <laughs> like he was like, well, she constantly falls over. Like she's not a Mary Sue. Um, and uh, we were having this discussion about Hermione as well and how Hermione is probably um, a better one uh, to, to, to think about. Like, because in, in the movies, mm. she's quite different from the Hermione in the books. And in the movies, yes. um, she's, you know, stunningly beautiful, which is no fault of anyone's really. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Emma Watson is just gorgeous. Um, but she's also, just, she never really makes any mistakes and she's always got an answer for everything. And she's like, she's just like sets an impossible standard for everyone else, I think. Um, and can also, can we sidetrack and talk about how Emma Watson is actually a real life Mary Sue? 
Like, mm. she is so good at everything she does, right? She's like, you know, she's got like 10 A stars at GCSE, all A's at A level. She went to mm-hmm. Brown University and she did yeah. all this whilst filming. She she's did. She's gorgeous. And um, she's like, worked with for brands like Burberry and she's a UN Goodwill ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a real life Mary Sue. Um, but yeah, and in terms of a Gary Stew, Mm-hmm. I was thinking of the early James Bond, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. Because he's just like, you know, he always gets the girl. He always does everything right. He never really makes any mistakes. He can't get shot. <laughs> what yep. flaws does he have other than misogyny, which wasn't a flaw at the time? So <laughs> <laughs> in the more, he's only more recently become a bit more gritty and real. I think like, you know, Sean Connery era James Bond was definitely a Gary Stu. Yeah. I mean, and then... Um, so my question to that is, I think James Bond does fulfill all of the the criteria of of a, of a guy who's equally, mm-hmm. and in a similar way to the way that Hermione in the books and in the films always shows up uh, to solve a problem. Like she, mm-hmm. it's always Deus Ex Hermione. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the, that's exactly the same role that Gandalf plays in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for sure. Mm. You're so right. I never really noticed that before. Yes, yeah, so what I'm saying is Emma Watson is. Gandalf. No. <laughs> no, my 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 question is so James Bond, Gandalf, Hermione, mm-hmm. even though they can solve all the problems and they are very good at things, is it bad? Like do they is it a detriment to the overall story that they fulfill that role within the narrative? Mm. I think the fact that you describe them as a Deus Ex says a lot. I think that <laughs> That is the fact that it is lazy almost that you have this one character who can do anything. Like everyone else is all, oh my gosh, how do we do this thing? We'll wait for Hermione or Gandalf to show up to rescue us from it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like how you resolve plot issues. And I think in in that sense, yeah, it is a bit lazy, but people enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. how else it, do you go about solving problems? In the case of Hermione, she still has her own, she still has lots of flaws. And like mm-hmm. one of the one of the archetypal sort of descriptors of Mary Sue, when you take it back to that classic Star Wars parody, mm-hmm. is that the 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 base character, the sort of fanfic character, has no flaws, right? Yeah, They're, they are yep. perfect. They are completely mentally stable somehow. And but Hermione has like issues. Like there's 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 bits where Hermione gets like very upset. She like shuts herself away from like has arguments with Harry and Ron, etc., etc., etc. So I think she's a much more fleshed out character than a lot mm-hmm. of Mary Sue's. Whereas someone like Gandalf, uh, I mean, what flaws does Gandalf have? He's like cryptic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of his like mentory mysticism. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all part of the plan. It's like kind of, it almost adds to his allure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he, for me is like a, a perfect Gary's too, but even though <laughs> he does show up at the perfect time to solve issues in, in the story, Mm. I don't think he necessarily detracts from Lord of the Rings. I think he's his presence is very cool and it's always exciting because he's I guess he disappears and comes back in enough that it's always exciting and you as a reader or or just watching the movies want to know, oh, Gandalf said so what's he going to do next? Mm. Well, what do you think then about there's obviously a theory that um a Mary Sue because they don't massively have personality because they just like can magically make everything work um is an author inserted character used for wish fulfillment so especially because you brought mm. up a parody of obviously fan fiction 
and that's obviously wish fulfillment, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just thinking when we talk about um, sometimes people say, yeah, Mary Sue's are just um, the author wanting to be really cool and awesome and the hero of their own story. So they've put that in, even if they withdraw that character sometimes. Like we were watching um, House of the Dragon the other day and there were a couple of characters and I said, do you think George R. R. Martin <laughs> thought like, yeah, this guy's me. Like, I don't know. There are some like really strong, really cool male characters where I'm like, I bet he was thinking like. Oh, you, you don't think guy. he's Rhaenyra? <laughs> not the way you described it in the uh, book copy that I've seen. No, absolutely not. He does not want to be Rhaenyra. Um, so I don't know. I was just thinking like, because obviously if you've got the author insert character, like a lot of people argue Bella is because she arguably yeah. looks a lot like Stephanie Mayer on paper. If you describe <laughs> yeah. those two people to the police in like a lineup, you'd have Bella and Stephanie Mayer in the lineup. So mm. she obviously looks very similar. But as I said, because she's barely described, maybe you can also argue that from a reader perspective you can insert yourself into the story a little bit easier like that i still think it's lazy i think there are other ways the reader can insert themselves into the story i don't think they need to have a blank character that they can step inside so that they can be like playing like first person perspective from the entire story or game but i do think that it helps and it is like a helpful way of doing that if people want super uber escapism and maybe that's why those things are really popular I, yeah. I think first person narratives lend themselves to that anyway. True. Um, true. And I'm not, I, I, I totally agree with you in the sense that you can it, slip into those people more easily, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if she did that on purpose um, because like it's difficult for a first person narrative character to describe themselves. Like right. if I, if mm -hmm. I was describing myself, I would say I'm blonde and have green eyes you know, I wouldn't be like, and I have an oval shaped face and I'm psychic, <laughs> you know, like I'm five four. Like, I, you know, people just don't describe themselves You like would that. if you were looking in the mirror on page but one. that's it though, you know, like how cliche is that? <laughs> Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Yeah, no, so I, do, I do agree. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit to try and explain to myself why when I Googled Mary Sue characters to give me some ideas to talk on this podcast, a lot of them that came up were books that I do agree are not amazing or films or TV shows. However, did I take enjoyment from them? Yes. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to work out why that was. Again, as I said, they're not my favorites. Like um, one of the ones that came up and I thought was quite an interesting one because I think it can be applied in terms of Gary Stew to all of the Jedis was Rey from the recent um, Star Wars films. Yeah, And mm -hmm. I think it can yeah. be applied to any of the Jedi characters because once you become a full Jedi, yeah. so like obviously Luke is like when he's learning to be a Jedi, he has a lot of anger issues. He's Conflict. very impatient. Yeah. So he has, there are problems and he has to overcome them, right? Whereas Rey really from the beginning is so independent and so good at what she does and even yeah. um oh, i can't think oh my gosh i can't think what any of the characters are called in the new <laughs> ones it's almost as if it wasn't the best part of the franchise um, but you know once. people are in love with her and obviously she's just so cool and independent and she's the ultimate woman and she can also she's a badass quote unquote because i hate that when it's describing women like she's such a she's just a badass um <laughs> 
So I think that maybe all Jedis could be described as that, especially when they become full Jedis. Maybe they're all kind of Mary Sue's or Gary Stu's because they have perfect balance and they can also fight, but only if needed. And they seek the peaceful way. And it's that whole thing of the good side, isn't it? They're on the good side of the universe. Oh, yeah. The, the very <laughs> yeah. polarizing, like, yeah. these are the goodies. You must yeah. be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting you bring up Star Wars because we're talking about self-inserting. And I think very clearly Luke S <laughs> is George Lucas self-inserting himself as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. But going back to the self-insertion thing, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, Luke is a pretty beige character, I guess. Like Han, mm-hmm. in, in the, the original trilogy, Han Solo and Leia have much more personality than Luke. Yeah. So if you are going yeah, so to put yourself in the shell of someone, it'll it'll be Luke who then has this yeah. kind of great arc and becomes this sort of broody badass by the end. Yeah. But I don't know if um, when people, the, mixing the kind of, things between the author self-inserting and you being able to put yourself in that headspace mm-hmm. like that surely is then a much more in, uh, personal thing because like you're not necessarily going to want to be the person that the author wants to be in this like realized fantasy okay and, mm-hmm. and i think the the book that really um made me feel this where the character is 100 percent a gary stew is uh, the name of the wind Mm. And oh my gosh, yeah. In Patrick Rothfuss is the name of the wind, but like it's so, he's so good at everything that it's yeah. it's it's almost like he takes the trope and rolls with it. Like Kvothe, who's the main character, is he learns everything so quickly. He's he like picks <laughs> things up way too fast, and then becomes the best at them. Yeah, and a lot of the time it's really exciting and cool to watch. Like it doesn't detract from it because it leans into his biggest flaws as a character, which is that he's very arrogant and he most of the trouble that arises is from his like just flagrant overconfidence believing that he could literally do anything and beat everyone at everything and doesn't always he's never really as powerful as he thinks he is mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time there's a sequence in in the in the second book and I bring this up because we're talking about I do think it feels kind of like a self insertion from the author mm-hmm of this character, but like there's a sequence in the second book and I'm sure Naomi's going to know which one I'm talking about where I felt very uncomfortable reading it. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, if this is a self-insertion, one. I'm even more uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't, yeah. I know which one you mean. Yeah, there's, a, a, there's fa- a sexy failure. Yeah. yeah, there's like oh, a goddess of, of sex and stuff. But it's and like, it's... it goes on just for like way too long and like she compliments yeah. his lovemaking like way too <laughs> oh, often. No. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, okay, we get it. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that they are out they are really good books and I, like even yeah. if it is a self-insertion and if he is the to, like total mary zoo like they're still extremely enjoyable and i think that is countered mm. by the the fact that he is deeply flawed in that but his flaws aren't lack of skill or talent or no. ability to do or ambition his right. flaws are he's got a major chip on his shoulder for like yeah. a poor background yeah like but then is that Again, it's that self-insertion, you know? Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Maybe, Sorry, Patrick. (laughs) Do you think um, Gandalf is uh, George R.R. Martin? Uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about. uh, George George, George R.R. Martin, Martin, Gandalf. 
Sorry, think... what did I say? Yeah. Oh, sorry. J-R-R. One of the R-Rs. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, That's yeah. his fan fiction. We're not talking about George's fan fiction right now, okay? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think Gandalf probably is... Because isn't... Um, Gandalf is like part of his like backstory is that he just loves books and he he like loves to be around the <laughs> library and stuff and that uh, yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien was like a, a patron oh, yeah. of the library and things like that and like a he scholar was, yeah. And, yeah and like, he, like taught Gandalf can speak all these languages and so good Tolkien yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, sure. but like is it an issue if self-inserted character is because Gandalf is a side character in Lord of the Rings he's yeah. not one of the main characters he's not one of the POV characters much uh is it like i, I don't find it too much too detracting for, to have your sort of super powered character who is kind of like you your your gary stew as a side character mm. Mm. i think it's a sub of the trope though right it's like your fix it character yeah could be the perfect one that you're like yeah that one's definitely a bit me this one this sounds like a whole other episode fix it characters mark <laughs> 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 <Park> that one <laughs> yeah um, I was thinking about um, Lord of the Rings, actually, as well. We're still sort of on that vein. Um, mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I didn't actually think about Gandalf. It's a, it's a really good point about Gandalf. But I thought about Legolas and how he is, like, obviously all elves and just maybe elves generally, actually, are just, like, physically <laughs> flawless yeah. and yeah. so skilled and talented at what they do. And then I was thinking Lady Galadriel, as well, is probably a bit of a Mary Sue. Like, she's just, like, super... Uh, beautiful and like she's one of the only women in the book and I almost feel like (laughs) did he just put her in there because he felt that he had to and also made this character like amazing because like okay we've got this one woman in there and I'm gonna hype her up and make her amazing yeah Um, and you know that's kind of like what yeah and that's kind of like what male writers sometimes do like particularly older generation ones do you think that so it's interesting because you obviously also said that you were talking to Ollie about this and he was like uh, no, it's not Bella because she's <laughs> yeah. described as plain. And I must admit, when I was going through this, like, yes, I had a thing in my head that Mary Sue's is supposed to be pretty, I guess. But actually, I was mostly focusing on how they can just get around things and fix things. And they're so, like, they're so kind and stuff like that. Like, also, like, Elena in Vampire Diaries. You know how much I love Vampire Diaries. Um, she's just so <laughs> kind. Everyone's in love with her, like, kind yeah. and generous. And she's always there for everyone. And she always, like, gives up herself for everyone else. She literally sacrifices her life to save everyone else in one of, like, the later seasons. Of course, she's not actually dead because no one's actually dead in a vampire show. But, you know, she thinks she's dead. Um, And that's the point. So I guess, can you be a Mary Sue without being beautiful? Because I think you can. Because I think Mm -hmm. the word plain, such as with plain Jane, such as with Jane Eyre, this is a whole thing Mm. where um, I think there's a new film, isn't there, um, about Emily Bronte. Um, And they've got, um, I can't think what her name is, but she's from um, Sex Education. And she's stunning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people always say as well that the Bronte sisters were very plain. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Jane Eyre. And is she plain? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, she's really, really plain. But then whenever she's played in movies, she's always played by somebody quite pretty. And what is plain and really plain is such a non-descriptor. What yeah. does that even describe? That describes yeah. absolutely no one. And I think most people, unless you are a bit of an egomaniac, would describe ourselves as, you know, wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and you're like, yeah, just look, blah. Like, yeah. most people think they're plain. <laughs> so I don't know if Mary C's are necessarily always beautiful in books. Yeah, it was Hermione, is it? Hermione's described as having 
Or she her? I'm not sure. So I don't know if they have to be beautiful. I think they can just be nondescript. Yeah, Emma Watson is not at all how Hermione is described. No, well, no. maybe in the first two or three films. Yeah, but yeah, so she's bit. supposed to have bushy hair, and like, doesn't she go to Madame Pomfrey to get her teeth shrunk down? <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I, Emma Watson definitely does not fit that bill. But then, yeah. Hey, what about subversions? Have you guys got any? Did you think of any sort of subversions on this trope? And I don't. Mm. It's weird because it's not even like it's such a weird descriptor that i i didn't even know if mary sue is helpful because i feel like it's covering so many sins in the writing which are not necessarily a symptomatic of the character but the mm-hmm. one that i thought of and i don't know if this is necessarily subversion or it's just like a good way of doing the trope is uh neo in the matrix ollie said neo yeah he should be on the podcast he's better than me <laughs> <laughs> well my, my my reasoning was that like and, and it's weird because he's not necessarily a Mary Sue, but they they exist in a world where mm-hmm. he can mm. literally sit in a chair for half an hour and then be unplugged and say, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. Show me. <laughs> and it's like all these skills and talents. Yeah. But it's like With they no can all do training. it. So it's like it, it, it's built into the world. Like it's it exists in the world that that is that is how it should be. And and I guess the same with the elves in Lord of the Rings. The, I think the, I mean I mean they're all beautiful. We can't really excuse that. But the, I think the justification for how talented they all are and like how they're all so graceful and dexterous and amazing at archery mm-hmm. is that they're all hundreds, if not thousands, of years old. Yeah. So it's like they've had a lot of time to practice and like yeah. get used to their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know we've all had those awkward teen years <laughs> they just had them a thousand years ago but, <laughs> do you think but that this... excuses that kind of rapid elevation of power and skill if it's built into the world building no right and um, this is where twilight way, i'm really sorry down. to do this because i know we're in the middle of recording i is naomi talking at all i've not heard her speak for like five oh, minutes yeah i thought uh, i thought yeah. that was an issue Oh, really? Because, um, because, <laughs> I bet uh, you can hear me and it's like, it's me. It says offline on my screen, but I can hear her. Oh, so oh. weird. I can't hear her at all. How rude. I can see I her. Come um, back in? Yeah, try refreshing. Sound she, thing she going can hear there. you. She's, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't say that about Melissa and I. <laughs> all I could hear was you laughing, Jamie. So I was like, okay. And I could see on the screen Naomi was talking. So I thought maybe it'll come back. And I won't interrupt. But I thought I'd just quickly interrupt there because you've just asked a question. I know this is really annoying for you to have to I think she's out. refreshed. How's oh, this? hello. I can oh, hear you. Oh, you can hear me. Brilliant. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fine because I could see you were talking because I could see your bar like oh, going up and down. Yeah. you can hear me. Yeah. So my, I, thought, I could my... just hear Jamie going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just insane. So you should have just been on board with that. Sorry about that. That's going to be really annoying for you to edit. Um, my, my counter has restarted. Does that matter, do you think? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We may be recording ourselves. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, uh, so to answer your question about Twilight, um, so this is where I think Twilight falls down, right? Because they build into the world um, mm-hmm. about how newborn vampires like struggle with their thirst and like they can't um, contain it and they have to go off and like, you know, it took Edward years to like fully yeah, get to grips with how he wanted to eat people all the time. And like Carlisle <laughs> can now work in a hospital because he's overcome it, but it's been, t- it's taken like centuries. But mm. um, Bella work, takes like- Work in a hospital, like the worst <laughs> possible place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an alcoholic working behind a bar like, isn't it it's so funny um, but yeah Bella takes like two days like she doesn't she's That's not true. she just masters being a vampire like instantaneously it's like she wakes up and then she's just like 
so Ollie said she isn't a Mary Sue as a human, but we both agreed she is as a vampire because she doesn't have any flaws now. Like, okay, so she was a bit clumsy before. She's not clumsy anymore. And yeah. like, um, you know, she she's physically flawless now, really ticking that Mary Sue box. Like people admitting that she's beautiful. Like even her dad at the end says, you're, you're really beautiful. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she's Charlie out of this. He couldn't before. <laughs> Yeah, you're too much like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, Naomi, the elephant, or should I say baby in the room, is that she becomes a mother. Uh, yeah. So she becomes okay. perfect. At the same time as she becomes she a vampire, she becomes a mother. Right, right. So she's perfection now. Yeah. That's her and, character arc. And then Good again, part. we talked about this, like about... Um, authors using characters as mouthpieces and we're talking about using their characters as just inserting themselves in books is this what she has done is this what like <laughs> stephanie meyer has done like she's flawless she's beautiful she's a mother no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> are mary sue's allowed to be mums mm, a whole nother topic of conversation <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah i don't know if that ties in i don't think that's part of the trope <laughs> no it's just bella just being perfect and doing everything nailing all the female stuff at the same mm. time because she's a mary sue exactly a fully, <laughs> fully realized character arc waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And that, I mean, <laughs> but that feeds nicely onto I, the, what I think is probably the biggest issue with any character in this, in this sort of area where they are, are usually woefully underdeveloped. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of their like actual arcs, their themes, like what they're going through uh, mentally or physically. What do you guys think about that? Mm. Um, I mean, that's my, that was the biggest thing I was thinking of when I came into this, thinking of a Mary Sue actually, was that, so um, I also looked up uh, the opposite of like a Mary Sue. So if you think like if uh, the opposite of a Mary Sue, an anti-Sue apparently <laughs> would be like some hideous, horrible, bitter hack, <laughs> you know, and she's just it's awful. And I thought, are, yeah. And I thought those are my favorite characters. Yeah. For I sure. love the, I love the bitter old hags. Like, you know, everyone loves the like antagonist of a story. They're always hilarious or, you know, you always, <laughs> yeah, they're just, I, I think the problem is connection. So unless you're mm-hmm. doing the thing of placing yourself in the place of the character, character you're not going to have much connection from a character that is absolutely perfect nobody likes to hit nobody likes to oh i'm going to listen to um jamie's other podcast the right and wrong podcast and i can't wait to hear about this author and how they became a published author and they say well you know um i got offered six figures after writing my book in a week because i got given a week off work uh to go to a fun fair but it was closed so i decided to write this book and uh yeah basically i'm right i'm speaking to you from my private island and uh, i'm perfect <laughs> and i've just won oh i've just heard just heard i've just won the carnegie medal so no oh, that's okay. just annoying that's just really annoying i don't want to hear that story <laughs> i want to hear the story of the person who suffered 
suffered even more than me (laughs) you know what I mean so I think you do need that internal character arc and those are the better stories I'm just saying I think I can get I understand how you can get enjoyment from a Mary Sue thing and especially thinking of it in terms of originating in fan fiction and that is kind of what fan fiction is Mm -hmm. and the self-insertion part of being a Mary Sue I do understand how you can get enjoyment from it but Mm -hmm. do I think it creates really great characters and it's how I would like to write no does it mean I ever avoid Mary Sue's? Absolutely not. I'm sure I've got Mary Sue's in my <laughs> yes, stuff. Like, I'm sure I do. You know, we're always learning. But <laughs> I think I would rather try not to put a Mary Sue in. I certainly wouldn't try and use it on purpose. And if I could see it was there, I would try and put in something to do with an internal character arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the anti-Sue is way more interesting to read about. And you know who, who immediately came to mind when I was thinking about this? Was yeah. Ed- Edmund from the from Narnia books. Like, I love Edmund. Right? So he's, he's grown up, right, with these three perfect siblings who it's never so make mistakes. And poor Edmund, who doesn't hear about this evil queen, goes wandering off. And he's cold, right? He's in the middle of this forest. It's snowing. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah, and this woman child. pulls up and goes, hey, do you want some cocoa? <laughs> and some Turkish delight? And he's like, yeah, okay. Like, who wouldn't say yes to that, you know? You're like, so right. If you don't have any of the prior information about her, you absolutely would get in her sleigh and eat the stuff she gave you. Like, you just would. So, yeah, I, I feel really bad for Edmund. And also, as out of the whole book series, he is the most um, relatable. Like, he's made mistakes. Yeah. You, you always think about him and what he did. You never think about Peter or Susan, or whatever the other one thing was called. What was she, like Felicity or something? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the gang, they're all yeah. there, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, they are more forgettable. And maybe the self-insertion yeah. thing also comes in with an anti-Sue. Because yeah. whilst I want to be, of course I want to be Bella. Like everyone's in love with her and she's perfect. <laughs> but I know that I am Edgar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Edmund, even. It's Edmund. Edmund. Oh, my Edmund, God. Yeah. Ed, Edgar and Felicity. Yeah. <laughs> the new characters from Narnia. I know that I have. It's your Narnia fanfic. <laughs> I know that that's more me, and maybe that's why I relate to those characters a bit more when they are super flawed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just funnier, sure. and I think, oh, gosh, I've done that. Or, you know, even when you read things like Adrian Mole, and it's so popular, and it's so yeah. enduring, and it's been around for such a long time. And the reason being, Adrian Mole's a mess. That's why it's funny. Yeah. interesting and you can look at it and think oh i've done something that embarrassing yeah so maybe it is i suppose a way of self-insertion but instead of for the writer it's for the reader yeah, yeah and yeah. it's more of a relation thing as opposed to an escapism thing yeah but i mean uh, that's what makes sex education that like we just mentioned yes that's what makes that show so good is because they're all anti Sue's or anti stews <laughs> like yeah. maeve yeah. is like grumpy and like not she's, there's nothing that she really excels at she's quite clever but like, she's just grumpy and mean all the time. And, yeah. uh, and, and the main character is like, all of the characters are deeply flawed and like always making mistakes. And that's what makes each of them so endearing. It's one of those shows yes. where you just like really like all of the cast. And I think it, even in the most recent series, they had, I've got a name, but the, the popular, the beautiful popular girl, they, they actually like gave her some story. And then instead of her just being this attractive, mean girl, who's like stereotypical at a school you you got a little peek into like the struggle of her life and then you're suddenly like oh you know she she has a lot of issues and then that is so much more endearing as a character than her just being attractive and mean yeah endearing's a good the word for it yeah 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 Yeah. and then the 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 one that we haven't touched on that always comes up online is carol danvers 
uh, from Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is, I think that she gets, she gets a bad rap. Sure. I mean, she, her arc isn't great in the writing of that. I don't think she comes out the end of that film too different from how she is at the beginning of that film. But I actually felt this kind of area, this Mary Sue stuff that we're talking about. I actually felt that a lot more watching Shang-Chi, uh, weirdly enough, because there's parts mm-hmm. in that movie where, first of all, he just starts off really good at everything, and and he's obviously already attractive with six packs. Yeah, and uh, and then there's a bit later on where he goes and meets his aunt in some mystical place that apparently exists on Earth. I, the world building <laughs> completely lost me on that. I actually didn't mind that. I thought it was quite cool. But yeah, and and then but then he's like, um, his aunt's like, oh, well, I've got to teach you the like ancient art of this like. Uh, martial arts of the gods or something and mm-hmm. it's like they fight once he loses and then they fight again and he's like yeah i figured it out the gods you just figured it out like that cool <laughs> like great that's character development for you right there <laughs> it, it does set an impossible standard doesn't it it's yeah. like it almost makes the viewer or the reader feel a bit shit because it's like i can never get it as quick as them but yeah. it, it cheapens it, right? Because they didn't. Yeah, they, yeah, they, exactly. It doesn't feel like yes. he suffered to attain the technology, yeah, or, or the or the ability or whatever whatever it was. Yeah. Do, do you it, know, whilst we're on the subject of Marvel, though, sorry, do you not do you not think Captain America is also a bit of a Gary Stu? Um, because he the, he's like unerringly good. He never really makes mistakes, and if he does, like when he sort of when the group split and he kind of side of the bucky it was because he believed in his friends so much like yeah i i don't know he I guess strikes with, me as a bit of a guy too i think you're probably right i think the thing i think actually a lot of the characters in the Marvel yeah, universe yeah. can, can like fall in different degrees into this category <laughs> i think with i guess with him when i when i think of him in the context of that universe is that his power level feels low compared to most of the other characters mm. so there's a part of me that's like hammer only in only for like ten seconds of his <laughs> on screen time. <laughs> but I think because his power level is that much lower when you put him next to like Hulk and Thor and stuff like that, it's like, well, you really do need to give him every everything you can get. <laughs> because he's so crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean It's okay, he's a nice guy. <laughs> if you watch if you watch the new Doctor Strange, yeah. When they have uh yeah, 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 Captain exactly. Britain. And, yeah. it's her, and 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 I was like, I was thinking like, how are you? There's a bit where she fights Wanda, and I was like, yeah. how? Mm. You're just a slightly faster person with a shield. <laughs> like she literally just like destroyed godlike characters, and you're just somehow fighting her. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Mary so maybe he's can... he's not skilled enough. You're saying like he's what's he his quite what's his main in. skill is like he, he's decent at fighting, but his main skill is, uh, I mean, that incredible ability to throw the shield is the main. Right. The talent, shield right? is the hero. Frisbee master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. Other than that, he's just like stronger, faster, right? And he's just a good. He's just a good bloke. He's the perfect soldier. Well, he's maybe, he's a damn good guy. Soldier, not the winter soldier. Um, I guess it's the difference between. So obviously, the Marvel films we're talking about. Each hero has their own set of movies, and they mm. are the um, ultimate hero of that specific movie. Obviously, when we're talking about Avengers or when they cross over, they're sort of sharing the limelight with somebody else. So I guess a Mary Sue versus an Anti Sue is. I don't want to be Adrian Mole, but I want to be friends with Adrian Mole, and <laughs> I want to be Captain America, but I would hate to be friends with Captain. 
Captain America because he was <laughs> yeah, deeply so, so I think that's the difference, yeah. isn't it? Are you inserting yourself or do you want do you see them as like you close a book and you're like, this person's like my friend now? Because mm. obviously my friends are all fictional. So <laughs> And you can go even deeper with that and then you say, Well, if it is self insertion, do I would I want to be friends with myself? <laughs> <laughs> The answer is always no. Really <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in conclusion, I think, mm-hmm. I think as a, I actually don't think it's that helpful a criticism to set to point at a film like the new Star Wars movies and say yeah. mm-hmm. Ray is a Mary Sue, thus the film is bad. I think it's yeah. a sort of catch-all for a multitude of issues that happened, especially with that trilogy. I mean, yeah. what were mm-hmm. they thinking saying, Oh, let's do three films for three different writers. This will work if they don't work together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. But I think the, the big issue, I guess when you look at it from a craft perspective and it is, is more that I think when, when a character truly fits that original sort of description of what a Mary Sue is, you know, originally, originally this was a parody of fanfic for right. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the big issue is that, it it changes the way that the story is written such that the story, the world building and all of the sort of cast of characters are constructed specifically to serve the Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. And that ends up making everything feel much more contrived. Whereas, you know, traditionally a story is about a character and they exist in a world and there's a sort of equal share of things affecting each other as opposed to everything orbiting around this, the existence of this one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was watching, and a lot, of, a lot of it does come down to when you when you find a character, and it's like, I'm just not interested in this character. I'm just not invested in them. It's and you can easily wave it away as like, oh, they're a Mary Sue. It's like I think they, you know, a character can be interesting if they, even if they have lots of, you know, their skills. They're very talented. They're just kind of better than everyone else, like both in Name of the Wind or Gandalf. I think the issue is, and Lord of the Rings is a great example because I'm watching The Rings of Power right now, mm-hmm. and it's got. It's got some good stuff. It's got some not so great stuff, I think. But from the very first episodes, I think I latched quickly onto young Elrond because very early on they show you what he's good at. He's a good politician. He's good at talking to people. He's good at, you know, doing diplomacy and that sort of thing. And they also show you his flaws, like where he doesn't understand the passage of time for the mortal races, that he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, he's he is has a sort of naivety to him that he didn't realize he had. And I think the way that they use those two things is, it is just, it immediately makes you latch onto a character. So I think when you take a character that is going to be better than everyone else at everything, you need to give them flaws. And I think you could do, you could almost get away with writing any kind of Mary Sue, Gary Stew character, as long as you gave them flaws sort of equal and, and debilitating enough to match the amount of, Sue Stooness that you gave them yeah Mm. no I think that's fair yeah I think it is indicative of a deeper problem and I think as we were sort of pointing out women get strung up for it more often than male characters Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of people would be quite annoyed if we if they heard us call James Bond I think they'd be really annoyed about it yeah but he's always Mm. he's always been uh, he's been he's the archetype almost yeah Yeah. Yeah. everyone's in love with him everyone wants to sleep with him he's just always always has an answer or a skill (laughs) or a gadget yeah yep well his fix-it character is q though yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's totally another episode (laughs) (laughs) amazing i think that wraps it up 
Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.